Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Colin Taylor, who, of course, covers all things South Carolina for Gamecock Central as well as on three sports. And he joins us now. And Colin, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I am fantastic. It's uh, that time of year where it seems like the news never stops. Uh, for South Carolina, it's been a pretty doggone newsy 10 days at this point, so a lot of fun. Yeah, plenty of content for you, I can guarantee that. And, uh, you know, part of what the discussion was here in Arkansas, but now has become a huge discussion there in South Carolina, is the addition of Dow Loggins. And I know how people feel here about him in Arkansas, but with the hire and with the reaction, we'll just start with the fans how did people embrace this? Were they excited? Were they indifferent? Was it wait and see? Just how did the overall vibe from the South Carolina fans feel about the hiring of Dow Loggins? Yeah, it wasn't great early. Um, when, when his name first started to surface and, and really gained some traction, as, uh, this search was kind of coming to an end. Fans met it with a lot of negativity um, just from a – they probably had their sights set on somebody else another favorite and his name came out it, it kind of got a little negative um, but as it's gone on and they've maybe come to terms is probably not the right word but have been able to do some research it's changed a little bit uh, but there's a portion of the fan base that Logan won't please or appease uh, until he's out there calling plays and they can kind of see what he does but um, it's for most of it, it's probably a wait and see and kind of figure it out from there. So what was the situation with uh, South Carolina and the offense coordinator prior to now? What created the opening for the position? Yeah, so uh, their offensive coordinator for the first two years of Shane Beamer's tenure was Marcus Satterfield. Um, he didn't put together a lot of great offensive performances until the very end of his career at South Carolina. Um, but he left. Uh, he was a longtime assistant for Matt Rule and left to go join him in Nebraska as their play caller and, I believe, tight ends coach. Yeah, that was a fascinating thing is to see the strong finish uh, from South Carolina, especially offensively, and getting those huge wins, too. You're sitting at 8-4. and four. So I, I would think that people are pretty excited about the future of what Shane Beamer's been able to, to do in winning those eight games. But as far as the immediate thing for next year, I mean, how, how do people feel about it? Like, are they thinking that next year with the expectations and assuming that Spencer Rattler comes back, is it going to be something similar, be able to follow it up with another eight-win-plus season? Or what's the overall vibe of uh, the expectation they have in the next season? There's some trepidation right now. Um, because Spencer Rattler does have a decision to make, um, because their leading receivers, Juice Wells, has a decision to make on the NFL, and they've lost a lot of pieces to the transfer portal, including leading rusher Marshawn Lloyd, um, there's some trepidation. There's a lot of um, things about this offense and this roster that they want to see uh, to, to kind of really kind of get a gauge on what this team might look like, and they're going to have to replace a lot defensively too. So this is a South Carolina team that needs to reload, uh, to recoup some of this production, and uh, I think a lot of fans are again in that kind of wait-and-see mode to, to figure out what they do in the portal and in recruiting do you have a feel for what Spencer Rattler might do and maybe a timeline on it? A timeline, my guess is probably after the bowl, he makes an official announcement on it. Um, my gut right now says he's back, but you never know. Uh, Dowell Loggins talked with Spencer since he's gotten the job. Um, those conversations will continue to be had. They're recruiting him really hard to come back, um, as you would assume. 
but he hasn't made a decision yet. My gut, as we sit here on December 14th, um, says that he's back, but you never know once he starts to get feedback from the NFL. Speaking with Colin Taylor of Gamecock Central here on the Jones and Sundiamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Colin, you mentioned some of the players that have been transferring out, which we know portal season is insane across all of college football. But there were some key pieces and some really big names that entered into the portal from South Carolina. Is there a particular reason for that? Is it various situations that they found themselves in? Because I feel like a lot of people would be like, hey, you had a good end of the season. It's a good future. But to see some of these key players hopping in was a little surprising to some outside of South Carolina. Yeah. Um... A couple of them I, I not anticipated, but when their names came across, it wasn't necessarily shocking. Austin Stogner was a pretty hotly touted name when he came to South Carolina and just never had the season, never really locked into what he was supposed to be um, and was actually losing snaps as the season went on. Um, Jaheim Bell, there was a lot of frustration on his family's end um, that was aired pretty publicly on social media about his role in the offense, so that wasn't necessarily shocking. Um, and the other one, Marshawn Lloyd, was that was probably the most shocking one at the moment. But um, Shane Beamer even said today in his in, the, in his press conference that um, Lloyd had a great conversation with Beamer right after the Clemson game, and um, it was fantastic. And then he went home uh, and spent some time with uh, the people at, in, at home in Delaware, and all of a sudden he changed his mind. So I think people can infer how that goes. Uh, but that, those were the big ones, and, and none of the other defections necessarily shocked me. What does South Carolina look like from a recruiting standpoint, both offensively and defensively, next year? It's a, it's a pretty good class. Now, they have had two offensive linemen decommitted yesterday, but it's still a really, really good class. They emphasize both lines of scrimmage pretty heavily. Um, three of their four top-rated guys are either offensive or defensive linemen. Um, they have some potential instant impact guys, especially on the defensive line. They're going to need it. Um, I think it's ranked 18th in the on-three rankings right now and still has a chance to go up there. They have some irons in the fires for some highly rated guys. Nicholas Harbor, a top 10, top 15 tight end slash edge player that they're recruiting to play both ways, um, has South Carolina essentially in his final three or four. Um, so they've recruited well. Um, a top 20 class after finishing outside of the top 25 last year um, with some pretty pretty big instant impact guys potentially. Colin, I saw the press conference today too, and Shane Beamer we know can be an emotional guy, but it seemed like he got really fired up and was very passionate and especially in his defense of hiring Dowell Loggins. Was that more of a response to, to the fans? Was, was it met with contention? I know we talked about it, but it, it seemed like that uh, he was – I wouldn't say necessarily just defensive, but just very passionate today in his press conference and talking about Loggins. Yeah, and, and you're right. Shane has been a very emotional guy. Uh, for better or worse at times, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And today was probably the most emotional I've seen him. He, he does play – he does pay attention to a lot of the narrative stuff, a lot of the social media and message board stuff um, in terms of the narrative around the program. Um, and he saw over the last – week or so um what the, the narrative around logging the program had been so he took a very passionate plea to remind people this is a top 20 team this is a team that won eight games this year had back-to-back wins over top 10 teams um this is a program that is recruiting well and, and defended his offensive coordinator hire um very very passionately uh, i knew he probably would in some way i didn't know he'd go 
that over the top's not the right word, but that emphatic about it. Uh, but that was Shane sending a message to the fans and, and through the media to say he feels like he's got the right guy and this program is still on an upward trajectory. Does Shane Beamer get involved on either side of the ball? We know that um, you know he he was a special teams and his his dad was uh, he specialized with special teams in the past. But does he get more heavily involved in either side of the ball with offense or defense? Not really. Um, he's, uh, I give Shane a lot of credit for his approach to he hired the coordinators to, to coordinate and let them do their jobs. And He has input, obviously, but he's very much the CEO model of letting guys do what they were hired to do. And um, He does have a little bit more input, obviously, on special teams, uh, but Pete Limbo is arguably the best special teams coordinator in the country, um, so he kind of lets Pete do his thing. And um, he might be a little bit more involved offensively in the bowl game, considering um, they lost their play caller and Logan's will call plays in the bowl. But other than that, he kind of lets them do it, what they want to do. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting, too, this year, where uh, you obviously South Carolina loses to Arkansas in the second game of the year on the road. They get beat by Georgia pretty handedly. But then it's like they had some good wins like against Kentucky and obviously Tennessee and Clemson at the end of the season. But then they got smoked by Missouri at home, and then they lose and get smoked by Florida on the road, you know, two teams that they ended up finishing with a better record. Where's that inconsistency come from? Is it something that uh, you could point to and say this was the reason why? Or uh, why, why were there times where South Carolina seemed to, to not play very well against teams that seemed like they were much better than? Yeah, a lot of it play. I mean, Satterfield, the former offensive corner, gets a lot of grief for that. The South Carolina team that's playing pretty shorthanded defensively this year um, and struggled against the run just with some injuries that they had. Um, but from an offensive standpoint, it was lack of consistency from a play calling and game planning standpoint. And when you look at it too, a lot of the players that were playing significant snaps um, were either new to this system or had been around and didn't know how to handle maybe big wins. A lot of these guys were here from the two and eight or the four and eight years. Uh, where it was hard, big wins were hard to come by. They didn't know what that feeling was like. And you kind of saw some letdown games, the Missouri one being one of those. Um, But that's kind of where it came from, and a lot of it was on the offensive side of the ball. How did you see that matchup with the bowl game against Notre Dame? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Notre Dame's now without Michael Mayer and and Isaiah Foskey. They're easily their two best guys. Uh, I think South Carolina is going to have a chance to air it out a little bit if they can protect Spencer Rattler without uh, Foskey trying to, to rush him. Uh, the biggest question is, can you stop Notre Dame's rush, rush game? And uh, South Carolina's best defensive tackle is not playing in the bowl. Um, this is a team that struggled to stop the run pretty much all season. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I think it's a top five or six bowl game um, outside of obviously the playoff. Uh, and, and it's a chance for Shane Beamer and, and his staff to get those brochure wins, wins that you put on the, the recruiting pamphlet when you bring guys in. And uh, if you can do that, that momentum that has been kind of shaky uh, at the end of the season uh, skyrockets right back up. So I know it's kind of tough to say right now because college football is a fluid situation, but just kind of forecast for me the next three or four years for South Carolina where they stack up in the SEC East because we know Georgia is kind of the, the creme de la creme of college football in general. Tennessee had a really good year but kind of fell off on the end. We know it's had some injuries, but how do you think South Carolina stacks up and where they fit in the SEC East for the next few years? 
Yeah, I think they have a shot to be in that sec- number two to number three in the East range with uh, your Floridas, your Kentuckys, and your Tennessees. Uh, Georgia, Georgia's not going anywhere at this point. Georgia's Georgia. Uh, but Shane Beamer has proven that South Carolina can be an attractive spot for transfers. Um, he's kind of leaned into that along with trying to recruit some high school guys as well. And if they can keep that up, um, if these hires that he's made work, uh, they have a shot to be competitive um, and be that what, what Kentucky kind of has been for the last couple of years where they're winning eight to nine games and bump up and, and get to 10 in the right year. Uh, but it's going to be tough to do because I mean, Tennessee's getting better. I think Florida's getting better. But South Carolina can keep on that upward trajectory. I think they can, they can at least compete with those other programs. There was a time when South Carolina kind of gained some ground or maybe had the upper hand on Clemson with in-state recruiting. How does that currently stand? And uh, it probably helps the case with getting a win over Clemson at the end of the season. Yeah, South Carolina's been great, um, especially since Shane Beamer came back with in-state recruiting. Um, Clemson's kind of dialed it back. They've been a more national recruiting operation maybe than South Carolina had been. And um, South Carolina has done really well. I think three of the top four players in the state right now are committed to South Carolina, um, including some guys Clemson recruited. Um, Marky Anderson's a top 150 guy in the class. He's an offensive lineman. South Carolina over a bevy of schools. Uh, they've done really well, and that was an emphasis for Shane Beamer, and, and they've kind of stuck to it in terms of being able to kind of keep some of that high-level in-state talent home. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, before, uh, I know we got to a few things going on in football, but I do want to ask you, because I think the last time we caught up with you and talking a little bit about basketball with South Carolina, just how it, you mentioned it's a tough place to, to coach and be successful at and I know basketball season uh, maybe second fiddle right now to the football year, but you had a new coach there in South Carolina with Lamont Paris. You got a five and four start, which obviously isn't ideal. But is there any excitement? Anything going on with South Carolina basketball right now, or any sort of needles getting moved there? Yeah, uh, they have Gigi Jackson, a potential lottery guy, a top ten player in the in the class that reclassified up. He's living up to the hype, but it's just a team that they've lost. 80% of production dating back from last year, uh, a team that didn't make it to the tournament, um, placing guys that are in trying to be in new roles and grow and, and under a new coach. So um, there have been plenty of growing pains early. They play UAB tonight, um, and it's going to probably be another growing pains game. Um, and the SEC, <laughs> good luck. But it's just one of those years where if you can continue to show improvement, that's a productive year one. And, um, there are some high-level guys in South Carolina ties uh, over the next couple of recruiting classes they're pushing pretty hard for um, with the chance to land a couple of them. So I think that's good news for Lamont Paris as he tries to kind of build this program and, and get South Carolina to a place where we can at least compete consistently for tournaments. Well, at least you can hold your hat on the fact that you beat Clemson in both football and basketball yeah. at South Carolina. So there's at least yeah. a, there's at least something to to be excited about there. Well, Colin, we uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. I know it's been a whirlwind over there in South Carolina, but it's like that for a lot of college football teams, especially right now. But uh, enjoy the rest of the football offseason and preseason or postseason, and also enjoy the rest of the basketball season, man. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Absolutely appreciate it as always, guys.